0: The Lord is on my side I will not fear what can man do unto me the Lord taketh my part with them that help me therefore shall I see 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 my desire upon them that hate me it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes and I'll just call your attention That the last verse of this psalm is exactly like the first verse of the psalm. For verse 29 says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, and for his mercy endureth forever. And I want to take for our text this morning, verse 8 of this 118th psalm. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. I just love this verse. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Someone has said that this verse may be the very middle verse of the whole Bible. I do not know about that. There are 31,174 verses in the Bible. This does happen to be the 15,587th verse of the Bible so as verses go this is the very middle verse in the Bible I don't know whether that's really all that important or not whether it's in the middle of the Bible the beginning of the Bible or any part of the Bible the important thing is that it's in the Bible it is a part of the Word of God it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man this may be in a general way the whole theme of the bible i say in a general way this may be the whole theme of the bible it is better to trust in the lord than to put confidence in man uh this uh, this chapter this psalm has a great setting time doesn't permit me this morning to talk to you in detail about the history So to speak of this great song where this verse is found it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man but I think you can take the Bible for instance in the book of Ezra when a great thing happened with the people of God I mean a tremendous thing happened with God's chosen people in the Old Testament you you know as you've heard and you've read in the Bible so many times. There was a period of time when God's people were in shame and in captivity for 70 years. And then the Lord delivered them out of the land of Babylon and out of the land of Persia. And the Lord delivered them and let them go back to their home in Jerusalem, the city of our Lord Jesus Christ. And when they came back, The city had been destroyed, of course, for 70 years. The walls torn down and the gates of the walls had been torn away. And the temple of God had been destroyed. And these people were anxious to rebuild that temple. And the three or four of the little books in the Old Testament, Ezra, Nehemiah, and others that tell of the rebuilding of the house of God. This place in which was the Holy of Holies, where the mercy seat was. Oh, how important was the temple of God, this glorious temple that Solomon had built, but had now been destroyed, and it lay in desolation for 70 years, and probably was about 100 years before they got around to laying the foundations of the house of God. And rebuilding the temple when they laid those foundations there were all these elderly people of God some of them that had been in the captivity all the time some of them part of the time but here were all these people of God and they see the foundations being laid for the house of God if you read sometimes the third chapter of the book of Ezra You'll find that they sang verbatim a part of this song. And when they laid the foundations of the house of God and they knew this glorious thing is going to take place. They sang this song as the book of Ezra teaches us. So it's a song with a great history. I think it even goes further than that. These words that I've read to you this morning. You remember that occasion in the Bible before the Lord was crucified when he met with the disciples in the upper room and he uh, uh, instituted the Lord's Supper and he said to them, one of you is going to betray me. And the different ones of the disciples said, Lord, is it I? Peter said, Lord, is it I? John said Lord is it I James said Lord is it I and Jesus answered all of them that they were not the one and finally Judas Iscariot said master is it I and the Lord said it is thee and it was revealed there that this man was going to betray the Lord Jesus Christ they ended the supper of the Lord And when they went out, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 26 and verse 30, and when they went out, when they'd gone out, they sung a hymn. And this is the hymn that they sung. So you just stop and think this morning. When the Lord left the room where Judas had betrayed him, he went out with 11 disciples singing, it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. And if you remember that about our text this morning that one day the lord jesus christ went out of the upper room singing it is better to trust in the lord than to put confidence in man and i want this morning to take this verse it is better to trust in the lord than to put confidence in man and let me say to you uh, before i forget it That this verse does not mean that I am to be skeptical of all men. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Oh, there are some people in the Bible that had confidence one in another, but it didn't take place of their confidence in the Lord. David and Jonathan committed their lives each to the other, but the Bible says it's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. And I want this morning, if I can, to apply this verse to five areas of your life and mine. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. I say first of all to you, in the matter of deliverance, and I use that word as it's used in the Bible, the word deliverance in the Bible means salvation. And the words are used interchangeably and synonymously in the Bible. I say to you in the matter of salvation, it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. And I say that this morning because I believe that there are literally millions of people around this encircled globe who today are putting their confidence in man for the salvation of their soul. And had I the time to talk to you about the false religions and the cults and all the religions in which man is told he must do something man tells him to do in order to be saved. You would understand what I'm saying. It's better to trust in the Lord in the matter of being saved than to put confidence in man. I'd like for you to see something about salvation this morning, as it's taught in the Bible. You know, salvation in a sense, I know we can lead, we can lead people to the Lord and well, we've been led to the Lord and God uses human instruments to use us to lead us to the Lord. But you know, in a sense, man, man has nothing to do with salvation except to believe in the Lord and to accept Him. Man has nothing to do with it. Man didn't devise it. Man didn't scheme it. Man didn't plan it. That's why the Bible says, Fear ye not stand still and see the salvation or deliverance of the Lord. See, it says the salvation of the Lord. I'm not talking about salvation related to men, the creeds, the doctrines, nor churches, nor groups, nor denominations, but the Bible says the salvation of the Lord. In fact, the book of Psalms chapter 3 and verse 8 says salvation belongeth unto the Lord. No one else controls it. No one else can dispense it. No one else can dictate about it. The Bible says salvation that's being saved from your sin, salvation belongs unto the Lord. It's no wonder that Peter, uh, after Pentecost preached, neither is there salvation in any other name, for there's none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. No other name unto heaven. See, salvation belongs unto the Lord, And God gives it to those who believe in him and man cannot really put his hands as it were on this great plan of salvation except to believe and accept the Lord Jesus Christ. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. You know man would tell a lot of folks you are saved by baptism. That's man's doctrine. It's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Not a verse in the Bible. There's no teaching in the Bible that baptism has anything in the world to do with the very act of being saved. That's man's doctrine. Man would say you're saved because you belong to the church. And I believe Satan has deluded literally millions of people in believing that because they have an attachment with some kind of religious body, that means that they're saved, but it does not. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. There are those who say we're saved by doing good. And some say if you do the best you can, that's all anyone can do. And that means that you'll be saved if anybody will. No, I beg to differ. Salvation is of the Lord, it's not by baptism, nor church membership, nor good by good works. For the Bible says, for grace are ye saved through faith, and you know I underscored in my Bible the next little expression, for by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, for it is the gift of God. What I'm trying to get you to see this morning and to believe in my own heart is, it's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in men. You know, Martin Luther loved the 118th Psalm. If you ever read anything about this great father of the Reformation, Martin Luther, somewhere along in your reading, you'll come to the fact that Martin Luther loved dearly this 118th Psalm. And he said these very words, he said, that's my psalm. And he said also, were it not for this psalm, this word. He said, all the princes, monarchs, and dictators of the world could never help me like this psalm has. It was the favorite psalm of Martin Luther. And I think I know why. You know, Martin Luther one time was climbing the sacred scale up. The sacred stairs in the city of Rome. My wife and I many times have been to those stairs. I could tell you some some very pitiful stories this morning about those stairs. I think they're 28 steps. It is claimed that drops, a few drops of the blood of Jesus had been preserved and brought from Jerusalem to Rome and placed at the top of the stairs, which I seriously doubt. But people have been told, you climb those stairs, praying as you climb. And you will find forgiveness of your sin. And I saw people do that. And I saw them weep. And I saw elderly people that could hardly walk. Climbing laboriously up those steps. But Martin Luther was climbing those steps. They were brought to Rome in the year 300 and something. Martin Luther one day was climbing those steps martin luther said to himself no doubt why can't be saved by believing what the men in the church of rome have said to me i can only be saved by believing what god has said and the glorious truth of justification by faith broke upon his heart and martin luther about middle ways of those stairs was gloriously saved because he came to the truth. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. all oh, I say to you this morning, be sure, my dear friend, that your trust is in the Lord and not anything about religion our churches or creeds our catechisms. But be sure that your trust is in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man in the matter of deliverance of salvation. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man in the matter of doctrine of what we believe. You know people all over the world are talking about what they believe. Jesus did. One time Jesus said, Uh, My doctrine is not mine. He said, but his that sent me, if any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. You see, Jesus talked about his doctrine. He said it's of God. He's talking about what he was teaching. The word doctrine and teaching are almost synonymous in the Bible. A lot of folks talk about their doctrine, what they believe, where they stand, what their church propagates, and so forth. Jesus spoke of this doctrine, and I read it one occasion. He said to people, now if you don't hear my words, Jesus said, you if you don't hear me, you're going to be like the man that built his house on the sand. And when the storm came and the floods came and the winds blew, the house fell and great was the fall thereof. Or if you hear my teaching or my doctrine, you will be like the man who built his house upon the rock and the floods came and the winds blew and the storm came, but the house stood because it was built upon a rock. And then Jesus immediately finished and this is what I read in the Bible it came to pass when jesus had ended these sayings the people were astonished at his doctrine because the doctrine of jesus was you can only be saved by hearing the word of god and your faith can only be built upon this bible so i say to you this morning in the matter of doctrine or teaching Or what any of us might hold as what we believe. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. I'd like to just pose three or four questions to you this morning. I don't know what everybody believes. I know most people here uh, call themselves Baptists. I do. Uh, uh, Most people here would adhere to what's called the New Hampshire Confession of Faith. That's the greatest doctrinal statement I've ever read in my life. With a premillennial coming about the uh, second coming of the Lord. And um, I, I don't know what you believe, but I'd like to ask you two or three questions this morning. About your doctrine, your position, what you hold to be true, what you stand for. I'd like to ask you first, is it built upon the word of God? You know, I would never dare say one word to a man lost or saved about spiritual matters unless I could prove it from the Bible. I think a person is a hypocrite to propose to any man lost or saved anything he can't read out of the Bible. I want to ask you, is your teaching, your doctrine based upon the Word of God? I'd like to ask people the second thing about their doctrine, or their teaching, has it changed your life? What I believe has changed mine. I'm not boasting, I'm just praising God that what I believe and what I hold to be true has changed my life completely and made me a new creation in Christ Jesus. I'd like to ask a third question about your doctrine. Could you recommend it? To a dying man? Could you recommend to a man a few breaths away from meeting God? And in the throes of death, could you recommend to him what you believe? You can if you know that it's based upon the Bible and it's better to trust in God than to put confidence in man. I'd like to ask you this morning about your position. What you believe, what you hold to be true will it stand the fires of the final judgment. Oh my friends, it's important that we believe what the book says. Somebody says, well you Baptists believe in baptism after you're saved. Yeah, because that's what the Bible teaches. You Baptists believe that you're saved because you're saved. You have everlasting life and shall never perish. Yes, that's what the Bible says. You Baptists believe that the Lord is going to come again and receive his church unto himself. Yes, because that's what the Bible says. And I would not dare propose anything from a pulpit that I didn't believe is found and written by the Spirit of God upon the pages of this holy and perfect book. It's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. I want to apply this as time permits, to the matter of duty. I'm talking about Christian duty. You know, I believe when a person is saved, they have imposed upon them by the Lord certain Christian duties that every Christian ought to observe. It's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. When it comes to the matter of Christian duty, you know, I think of the matter of fellowship. The Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is and more so as you see the day approaching, Hebrews 10, 25. Now listen what it says. God said, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. A preacher was talking to a group of people. One or two of them were members of this church. And he said, there's nothing in the Bible said about meeting on Wednesday night. You don't have to go to church on Wednesday night. And I want to say to you there's something said in the Bible about meeting on Monday night and Tuesday night and Wednesday night and Thursday night and Friday night and Saturday night and Sunday and Sunday night because the Bible says forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. You ought to be in the house of God because it's your Christian duty, and that's what this book says that a Christian ought to do. It's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. A lot of folks say, well, if you go out there to Emanuel Baptist Church sooner or later, you're going to hear about tithing and giving to the Lord. Well, if you come to this church very long, you're going to hear about everything. You're going to hear about from Genesis 1-1 to Revelation chapter 22 and the last verse the last amen in the Bible, because Paul said, I declare unto you the whole counsel of God. And that's the responsibility of a preacher. We don't just play on two or three notes of the the piano. We play the whole keyboard, God helping us, from one end of the Bible to the other. And I say to you, this Bible sets forth the duty of a Christian, and it involves fellowship, and it involves giving, you know, I just got out my Bible the other day. My wife and I, for ever since we've been married, have had the habit and the practice and the privilege and the wonderful experience of giving to the Lord. From the day when we knelt in a barren house with no furniture, and 14 $1 bills in an old parsonage in Leonard, Michigan. From the day we knelt with fourteen dollars a week as a salary, till this good hour, God has proven his word to us in the matter of giving to the Lord. You say, well, you know, preacher, the Bible says, let not your left hand know what your right hand doeth, so you ought not to be talking about you're a tither. Uh, That's what you think. Bible says in the matter of alms, what you give to a person and do for someone else. I think every Christian ought to be able to give the testimony. I honor God with my substance. Amen. Amen. And I praise God for it. I just got out my Bible this week, a time or two, and read again Luke 6, 38. Jesus said, given it shall be given unto you. Good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men uh, meet in the, give into your bosom for with what measure you meet with all it shall be measured to you again and I just like to believe that Uh, just take it as it is and God said as you measure to me I will measure to you And I want to tell you this Bible teaches Christian duty in soul winning reaching people for the Lord and the Word of God excuses no one some of you in this house this morning we're not one because you came to church and heard a preacher preach, but you were one to Christ because some Christian believed that it was a part of his duty to tell others about the Lord Jesus Christ. And I say to you this morning, it's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Don't get your directions of what your Christian duty is from some church manual Our creed our catechism but trust in this Bible it teaches the duties of a Christian our fellowship and giving and soul winning and encouraging the Saints of God it's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man I think this is true in the manner of distress and who has not had distress no person in this building this morning say preacher I never have any problems, never have any distress. No one could say that because it's a part of life. My wife and I were talking a few days ago about some great problems, distress and trial and sorrow. Some folks were going through and one of us remarked to the other, it's a part of life, everybody has it. And I say to you, in the hour of distress, it's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. I was reading the story again, you've read it many times, of Jacob leaving home. He's gone 20 years. He marries two sisters. One had been pawned off upon him as Rachel, but she was really Leah. He's been gone 20 years and he must go back home where his brother threatened to kill him if he ever saw him again. And he must come back and meet Esau. He must come back and establish his home in his own land that he has not set foot in for 20 long, laborious years. And i read something that Jacob said to his family. God said to Jacob, Go back to Bethel. You know, Bethel is where he was when he was a young man. And he knelt on a big rock that night all alone. He's leaving home. He didn't know whether he'd be gone 20 days, 20 months, 20 years. But at Bethel God dealt with him and the Lord spoke to him and God made his presence known to him and in Genesis chapter 35 God said to Jacob go back unto Bethel and Jacob turned his family and said let us arise and go up to Bethel and I will make there an altar unto God who answered me in the day of my distress Uh, do you know what I'm talking about? How many of you this morning have called on the lord in the day of distress and how many of you this morning could say he answered me in the day of distress i'll tell you friend it's better to trust in god in the day of distress than to put confidence in men i must hurry but the psalmist said i called upon the lord in distress The Lord answered me and set me in a large place. That's verse 5 of the psalm. I'm speaking to someone in distress this morning. I'm talking to someone whose soul is troubled. And it's like a stormy sea. And you've cried out to God, Oh Lord, how can I endure this? The Bible says, Call on God in the day of distress, and He will answer thee. I close by saying, it's better to trust in God than to put confidence in man in the matter of death. Oh, I've had people say to me, now, preacher, don't talk to me about dying. Well, you know, God talks to us about dying. Do you know that every year statistics show that as best people can, can tell, 60 million, 600 million, rather, 600 million. People die every year. And would you believe this morning that one of the problems in America is where to bury people? Down in Brazil, they built a 20, 21 story building. It's a graveyard. Would you believe that men are saying if people keep dying as they are. Where are we going to bury everyone? Some graveyards have been closed because there's no other room. 600 million people a year die and go out to meet God. Statistics, uh, statisticians, I should say, have tried to figure the population of the world when the flood of Noah's day came. And the best that people can figure as people multiplied before and after the flood. The best they could figure is that there were three billion people in the world when the flood came. Only eight of them were saved. Three billion people died at one period. You say, don't talk to me about death. But the Bible says it's supported unto men once to die. And on the calendar of God is written either your departure from this world are the date of the coming of the Lord to take you to heaven Oh, listen when I get to thinking about death I say it's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man uh, infidel in France years ago said to the doctor I'll give you one half of all my belongings one half of all my riches and there were many If you prolong my life six months. You know what the doctor said? You're a fool. No man can prolong your life six months. You're going to die to an infidel. You know, Paul said, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. That's the way a Christian looks at it. The Bible says, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord that they do rest from their labors and their works to follow them I was listening the other night to some political speeches and uh, I thought of a speech I heard and I don't remember the year and it was not on television it was by radio and I think it's the greatest speech not just political speech but the greatest speech of any kind except sermon I ever heard in all my life it was a speech delivered by Alvin Barkley, who was a, pre- a vice president of the United States, and was speaking at the Democratic Convention. He mentioned God and life beyond. It was like an old-fashioned preacher preaching. But Alvin Barkley, not long after that, was speaking at Washington and Lee University, and he made this statement: the Vice President of the United States said, "I'd rather be a servant in the house of the Lord." than to sit in the seat of the mighty. That's the last words he ever said. For at Washington Lee University when he said, I'd rather be a servant in the house of the Lord than to sit in the seat of the mighty. Alvin Barkley, vice president of the United States, fell over and died. You know, friend, wouldn't that be a wonderful way to go? With trust in God and faith in the Lord? It's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Let us pray. Let's every head bowed, every eye closed, every heart lifted to God. It's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. What I've asked the Lord to help us to do this morning is to determine each one of us. Am I trusting in the Lord? I mean in the Lord. Or am I trusting in something else or someone else? It's better to trust in the Lord. Religion never saved anyone. Salvation from Christ is the only answer.